thanks. That's all for today. Thanks, 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 that's all for today. Thank you, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Hello everyone and welcome back to Thanks That's All For Today, a podcast hosted by me, Harriet Mullen. Oh, I'm very excited for today's episode. Would you like another one? Episode four is on its way to you momentarily. We've only got about 30 seconds left of this intro. So today's very exciting because I'm actually interviewing somebody who has auditioned me before, someone I've worked with and somebody whose career I very much admire. So today we are sitting down and talking to Robbie Keller all about his career in the pop industry, the musical theatre industry and his songwriting career. So without further ado, here's episode four with the amazing Robbie Keller. Hi everyone and welcome back to Thanks That's All For Today, a podcast hosted by me, Harriet Mullen. And today we have a really lovely friend of mine. We're smiling at each other. I'm so excited to see him. I have had to re-record this intro again. I do apologise. But let me talk about Robbie Keller all over again because I enjoyed it the first time. Robbie is a singer, songwriter, actor, creative. He writes incredible songs. I've had the pleasure of singing them myself on stage. He was on the panel for probably one of my favourite auditions ever. Definitely one of the loveliest. He's known for his extensive stage and MT and pop work for the last 17 years. And he has the best skincare I've ever seen. It is the lovely Robbie Keller. Hello, Robbie. Oh, my God. Hi, Harry. I'm totally blushing right now. (laughs) (laughs) I made that even better than the last time, didn't I? did, yeah. My cheeks are gone all red right now. (laughs) I mean, I have had to play a character that was infatuated with you. So our imitating life. (laughs) You did it so well. Oh, thank you. We'll go straight to your anecdote. In 2019, I promise this episode is about Robbie, not about myself. But let me talk about myself just for a second. Uh, I walked into an audition room in Camden at the Muse Studios and had no idea what to expect. I was auditioning for a company called Physical. And uh, I, first of all, absolutely loved the script that I was sent for the role of Delonte. Uh, she was a right B-I-T-C-H. And I'd never had the opportunity to play that before. And the song that came with it, Half the Man, and I just absolutely loved both the script and the song. Uh, and I walked in and the very lovely and handsome Robbie was on the panner. Panner? <laughs> Robbie was on the panner. <laughs> Robbie was on the panel with Samir, director, and the pianist. And they asked me to sing a pop song of my choice, R&B or pop. And I chose Falling Alicia Keys and then did the scene with Robbie and had to be really horrible to Robbie. And it was honestly the loveliest audition because you let me read through with you first of all before we did the scene and you let me work with the pianist before I sang my song that just never happens yeah and that is something which we as a company wanted to do consciously because going through so many musical theater auditions it's quite disheartening and kind of soul crushing when you walk in and they can't even be bothered to look up at you and they're like we're gonna sing okay great Mm -hmm. off you go And then literally, great, that was great. Thank you for coming. And it's like, it's just so mechanical and so not personal. Mm. And I understand that a lot of people, but then so did we for Stardust, to be fair. 
but we still made the time and effort to actually make you sit down, you know, calm your nerves a bit. Because I know from a from an acting point of view, I know how daunting an audition can be. Yeah. Um. So just to get to know you a bit to calm your nerves and just to give you like that sense of a relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. And in that mind frame, you automatically do your best. Yeah. Um, I found a lot of the people did. Um, yeah. and, you know, you weren't the only one who said it was one of the best, most relaxed auditions. I think a lot of people said that. Mm. And that is what we want to do going forward as a company as well. Just make the audition process not daunting or no. a chore. Even if you don't get the part, you can you can leave the room saying, you know, I think I sang that really well and I did really good. Definitely. And even the dance call you did in pairs, which I've never heard of before. And it meant that one, we were in a smaller group, so I didn't feel... <laughs> self-conscious but we had a full I think 45 minutes or half an hour with Lena Patel the amazing Lena who I am obsessed with I'm such a fangirl but what a privilege to be able to be like excuse me Lena I've put my hand up by the way for anyone listening <laughs> literally put my hand up like I'm at school can you you know can you go over that bit of choreography and mm-hmm. um although I did get whiplash from the audition I absolutely loved the whole process and I do think not in a big-headed way but I do think I did my best because it wasn't even like it was so relaxed that it was just like, yeah, chill, go on, do what you want. It wasn't like that kind of relaxed. It was like, do you want to go through a song? Should we read the lines before we do the scene? Like, that's just, yeah. that's just so, such a great indication as well of what kind of a company physical is. Because that is literally yeah. what you are like as the writer, as the musical director of all the songs. You know, you, you aren't like, Harriet, do it again. Like, that's wrong do it again you'd be like can I just check that this is the lyric you're singing can we just go through the melody like you're you're such a nurturing creative team well I think I've I've picked this up from Sam quite a bit he's a very kind of collaborative kind of director Mm -hmm. um and you obviously have two kind of directors in the industry one that tells you exactly how it needs to be done and there's no other way there's no kind of leeway for a compromise or there's the other kind which is you know a little bit more of a collaborative approach, getting the artist comfortable. And I've taken that same approach when writing songs because I know not everyone's going to have the range of wit. Mm. I know not have the whistle tone of Mariah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like finding the right tone of voice is more important for me rather than finding the right range, mm-hmm. which is why the option for people to sing a higher or lower octave or whatever as well I forgot to mention that you sent us three different keys oh my gosh you angels you did I forgot to mention that yeah you sent us three different keys which is it was just amazing that you did that because you know hearing the song in three different keys it as a songwriter also it makes me think oh actually that sounds really good in that key or this that that sounds good like halfway between the high key and the the lower key so it gives it gives us something to work uh, on as well but also, I think it's it's about playing with people's strengths. And if you're not gonna, if you're not a mezzo soprano, mm. you know, we'll give you and make you do that part at the end of the day. Um, but we are gonna kind of work around that. If we like you as a performer, if we like you as an actor, if we like your energy and what you bring to the project, we will make the songs fit around you. That's always the kind of mentality that we've had. And I know other, you know, whatever works for companies. But you know, when you're doing new work and especially work which is more kind of south asian bollywood orientated mm. you do you have to think that way you do have to work with people's strengths and not just have a rigid this is the way it has to be you yeah. know you have to have a bit of leeway yeah definitely do you think that you are a better auditioner now that you have been on the panel yeah because 
now I'm not taking rejection to heart. You know, we saw some amazing talent. I'm not even kidding, some amazing, amazing singers. But for various reasons, they just weren't right for the for Stardust. A, maybe they weren't the right look, or, may, or B, because, you know, they didn't play a, a certain part as well as somebody else. But that is no reflection on their actual talent. So if I do get rejected from, a, from a, an audition now, I don't take it to heart anymore. It's like, okay, I just wasn't right for this part. There are so many different reasons why people don't get chosen. And it's 99% of the time, it's not a reflection on talent, which is something I've learned sitting on the other side of the panel. And what's your biggest piece of advice for somebody coming into audition for you specifically? Um, just be yourselves. I think, you know, personality shines, be yourself. Um, yes, it is a daunting, nerve-wracking process, but, you know, in physical, we try and make it as, as relaxed as possible. Um, and ultimately, we just want you to be yourself, you know, and I think that's the best advice I can give. One last question for you. Right, so you've had people work for you and physical a couple of times before. So yeah. um, do you always re-audition your previous cast What's your process for rehiring? Wink, wink. No, <laughs> I'm just really interested in what um, people say I, that are on the panel. Well, each project we treat as like a separate project. Someone like Sophie, for example, she could have easily come in and played a more. She could have played a Delonte. Um, so it would. So we call people in um, and give them the option to to do both, just to, just for us to see what you know what kind of dynamics they bring to the role mm. um but 90% of the time if we work with you before and we've had a great time with you we will probably work with you again but just as a formality we do call you into audition again um yeah. just to come there but also for us to see actually this person will be really good for this part now we were you know we were thinking a but they were really good for b they just came in and smashed b out of the park so you know it's, we do we do call people in um on, on the very rare occasion, um, do we get someone and say, actually, you're cast right off the bat, you don't need to audition. Yeah. Like, even for Bring On The Bollywood, I had to go through five rounds of auditions, and I sang, I, I wrote the song to that show as well. Really? So, yeah. Sam can be a bit of a taskmaster, and he literally wants the best people for the show. Doesn't matter if you're his best friend, or you've written songs for the show, or if you've been a creative on other shows, he looks for the best people. And that's yeah. something I expect about him. You know, there's no nepotism that in that sense in this company, which is good. That's amazing. I didn't know that. So you did five rounds for Bring On The Bollywood and you would have I, been singing your own songs. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty much. And I asked him at the end, I go, why did you make me do that? He goes, well, you would have been good as Ronnie, as Amit, as Lucky. I couldn't decide what to, what to cast you in. So I made you do all three. And I was like, oh, great. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about your credits, my lovely. So you studied English and drama at Brunel Uni and then went on to do a short course at John Roberts Powers School of Acting. You're a performer, as I mentioned, singer. Didn't you start in the music industry? Don't you have a pop background? Because I'm sure you've been in a band. I have, yes. So my career started off in a band called Devoted. And this was when um, Jay Shawn had just launched and signed The Virgin. Um, very ambitious for its day because this is like way back in 2004 we're talking about 
Um, mm. And, you know, again, you come across the same kind of, oh, they're Asian, what they're going to sound like. Oh, do we need to incorporate Asian beats into their songs? So it was very much a, a struggle trying to convince the industry, you know, just look at the songs and look at the music and look at them and hear the voices. Don't focus on the exterior so much that, mm. that you know, don't try and stick labels on us so much. Um, so that whole process was a learning experience. But I got to work with Girls Aloud, Craig David, Lamar, Mystique, um, had, had a development deal with Telstar Records, who are the same label as Mystique and Craig David. So yeah, it was, it was a whirlwind of a time and something which I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life. Definitely. Oh my God, what a time for music 2004. Did you have to audition for that band? Yes, I did. And um, the auditions were at Pine, Pineapple Dance Studios. And that's the first time I ever went to those studios in my life. And yeah, I, I think I sang Britney for my first song. And everyone's like, oh, are you sure you want to sing a girl's track? And I was like, yes, I want to sing Britney. Always. Do you remember <laughs> what Britney track you sang? Uh, oh, God, sometimes. <laughs> I love that song. I'm a, the biggest Britney fan. I love that song. I love the middle eight. Just hang around in your seat. Oh, my God, that's so high, Robbie. I took it down a bit. I didn't sing it that high. <laughs> and then the second round um, of recalls, I thought I wouldn't get that by the way. I thought, oh God, they're going to think, oh, here's an here's a Asian voice singing a, a girl's song. He's not, you know, we're not going to take him. Um, and then the second round, they actually sent me a song and it was um, Tevin Campbell's Can We Talk, which mm. is super, super high and an amazing song. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to go in and belt this out and see what they say. And I did that and they were like, the next day yep we want you in the group here's a contract <laughs> oh my god amazing it was a whirlwind of a time and I really enjoyed it some of the best memories I've, I've had from my early career were you writing back then or has that kind of inspired you to start writing no so we had the privilege I should say of working with Max Martin and his team watching them how they worked um, how they how they wrote as as writers and it was literally so organic. It, it wasn't like anything to like sheet music related or what you see in musical theatre. It, it was pretty much, here's the beat, you know, think of a melody that comes into your head straight away. And normally, if that's the melody that you come, come up with, that's what you go with. Mm. Um, and once you have the melody in place, the words automatically flow, like how the song makes you feel, that will, that will be the basis of the lyrics. And I was like, this is such an interesting, organic way of making music. And they were literally just sat around in a dark studio listening to the beat over and over again. And just pulling out little dictaphones and making little notes um, of melodies that would pop into their heads. And I was like, this is how I want to write songs because yeah. it's just so organic but and relaxed at the same time. There's no pressure. Mm. That's how I picked up my songwriting and Amazing. Oh my God, the pop star life. That is something <laughs> I would love to experience. So after your, you mentioned 2004, signing with, with the boy band, um, your other credits included, which I, I had no idea, that you had been on the bill. You mentioned earlier that you were an extra on the bill and then you had two episodes. Was that when you played, was it Kamal? Yeah. Is that the name of the character? Yeah in the character um and he was like a real estate agent who got into some trouble or, or I think it was a real estate agent apprentice and he saw his boss do something really dodgy back in the office and then he gets killed off in the episodes um and then his family are basically searching for him and trying to find out what happened to him so you know 
I started off as an extra, as you said, and then they saw me and they were like, actually, we want you to audition for Kamal. And I literally just went in, read a page and they were like, yep, yeah, great. 7.30 tomorrow morning, please. And uh, at the studio. And I was like, okay, cool. So it was literally that easy and that simple. You like, got offered it on the spot? On the spot, yeah. And it was literally through a, a casting agency called Mad Dog Casting, who special, I think they're still around and they specialise in extras. Um, but I got I got the call from them saying, oh, actually, they want you to be a supporting character now. And, you know, um, this is how much more money you're going to get. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. You must have been absolutely shining as an extra <laughs> just in the background, pulling focus. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I think it was more less that and more. OK, he's the only Asian guy that we have on our books. So you think is bad now. It was way back then, like really bad back then. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, you were one of the top 50 contestants in Indian Idol. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Tell me about that uh, process. So I was actually working in Selfridges all the time when that happened. Um, and I saw this uh, link posted on Facebook and I was like, oh, okay. They're, this year they're auditioning in, in London. Normally it just happens in India, but they're looking for South Asian talent to take across to India. You know, I went to the auditions thinking I wouldn't really get it, you know, they probably have so many so many Indian talent in in India they're not going to pick me and they actually did they they picked me and they wanted me to go to India and and stay in Mumbai for a month so I had to take a sabbatical because I was working full-time in Selfridges um and they were very gracious about it they were actually really excited thinking oh my god you're gonna be on like the pop you know, pop idol version in India and I was like well yeah that's pretty much what it is yeah um and they Amazing. very very not the best experience, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't the best experience because it was very disorganised. They kept us in a really nice hotel, but we weren't allowed to use any of the hotel facilities. There were like five of us cramped to one room. So very kind of cost-cutting, uh, budget-cutting effects in place. Um, but again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss the experience because I got to sing in Hindi and it made me realise that, yeah, actually, do you know what? I, I do really love Bollywood music. And even though Hindi isn't my first language, I really enjoy singing in the language. And obviously I have something to offer, otherwise they wouldn't have flown me all the way from the UK yeah. to India. Um, and this is something that I need to pursue more. And it's after Indian Idol that I started my Indian classical training. And that's when I really started taking that more seriously as well. Wow. wow. I was going to ask you actually, when was that? That was 2008. 2008. Amazing. And that was the, a great time for tv competitions like around that time like that was when pop idol uh, fame academy um i don't even think x factor maybe x factor had just come out and it was just the the 2000s were just epic for those shows that that was the only thing everybody watched on a saturday night that was the yeah. only thing people talked about on a monday back at school brilliant i loved seeing that credit i had no idea you're ever so modest i'll be telling everybody about all of these um i'll finish off your credits because i have got so many uh, questions for you today lead singer in the next big thing at leicester square theater sid in short film the boy is mine ronnie in bring on the bollywood um, you've been in Grinder, the opera, Amar in Stardust, as well as songwriting and writing the score and music for Stardust. And breathe. <laughs> and breathe. Let us play a game, Robbie. Let us play a game. This game, Robbie, is called Audition Styles. So I'm going to ask you 
five questions. Oh. Quick round, quick fire. I mean, quick round. <laughs> quick round of drinks, babe, and then we'll carry on. Um, so your first answer that pops into your head. Auditioner versus auditionee. Auditioner. Auditioner. Dance versus acting recall. Acting recall. TV versus theatre audition. TV. Own material versus theirs. Theirs. Yeah. Oh, lovely. I didn't think you'd say that. I like to see what other people are writing about. So, yeah, theirs. <laughs> Amazing. And final question, monologue versus script work. Script work, any day. <laughs> and do you, do you like reading with the panel, just with a reader, or do you prefer to read with another actor? I think um, from my own personal experience, I think having another actor in the room really brings out the best performance. Um, because sometimes directors don't make the best actors, and when they're reading, they can be quite monotone. Um, and especially if the if the scene is quite dramatic or requires a bit of like acting, and you know, it's best to read with an actor. Which is why I was there for the Stardust auditions. I didn't let Sam read with the auditionees. It was it was me because you know you can really kind of bounce off each other and get the best performance out of the person who's auditioning. I couldn't agree more. I, I really, really enjoyed working with you. You actually sat on a chair, didn't you? Like in, as if you were in the hospital where we were yeah. doing the scene, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was a right bitch to you in that scene. I was loving my life. I was loving her. Oh, she's so, so my type of person. <laughs> I love being evil, because I'm just not, but I really enjoyed bullying you. <laughs> Okay, we're going to play another game now. This one is called Rituals. So it's basically like anything. <laughs> Tell me your rituals, Robbie. Um, anything that you do before an audition, after an audition, in an audition, superstitions, etc., etc. So I've got another five questions for you here. Do you okay. have a go-to audition outfit? No, but I have go-to audition colours. Do you? Tell me about it. Um, so anything black, but with a pop of colour, it could be like a, a pink or a, or a purple or a plum. Um, I think that just, it gives me confidence. Having, having black, but, but a pop of colour somewhere. Lovely, lovely. Why those colours in particular? I think black is basically, um, for me, it's a, it's a powerful colour. I don't know like, what other people, everyone has their preference, but for me, black is a powerful colour, but it makes it stand out even more when you have another colour in contrast and that little kind of just brightens it up a bit. Definitely. I love wearing black if I've got like a powerful character, like Delonte, I think I wore black because it is like fierce, isn't it? Um, do you like to ask for feedback? No, I don't. Um, I kind of just let it out in the universe. You know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Um, all I focus on is going in there and doing my best. Um, and I don't really ask for feedback. No. I mean, if a company offers it off its own accord, great. Um, otherwise, no. No. And what about, oh, go to skincare and makeup? Please oh, tell I... me your secrets. You honestly have <laughs> the most flawless skin. Do you have any any rituals that you do before an audition? Um, I just, not really to be, well, obviously I shave. Definitely on the day of the audition, I have to, I shave. 
um, I exfoliate. Um, and then, yeah, I just have my go-to serums and moisturizers and I never, ever forget the SPF. And, you know, you I wear SPF every single day. Um, and if I do wear a, a, a little base on the day, I just make sure it's very, very kind of skin, like a skin base or almost like a skin tint rather than a heavy, heavy foundation. Um, and get color matched people. You know, there's nothing worse than going into an audition and your neck is a complete different color to your face. You know, that's quite mm. off-putting. <laughs> so definitely yeah. get color matched. And from the panel point of view, do you like to see people make the effort to almost kind of resemble the character or to look, you know, for, for Delonte, I went for more of like a, like a glam business look. Like, do you mm. appreciate that or does it literally not matter to you? To me, because I, I know from an actor's point of view, like after the audition, they probably have X, Y, Z things to do. Like some of them have just come from work and they might be going back to work. So we don't have that expectation of them to dress as the character, mm -hmm. but come look presentable and smell nice you know that's basically it it's quite simple to do really it don't really come is. hair all messed up and you know having washed your face mm. that's after the dance call with Lena Patel that I look like that <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay do you have any favorite warm-ups vocally oh you have um, to do? I love the the tongue drill um uh, and the siren and the, and the lip bubble, that's the other thing I do that really warms me up. Do you want me to do it now? <laughs> oh, yes, please. Could you just have a full singing lesson with Robbie? I, I know. So it's very simple. It's just... I do several of those before I go into audition room, possibly in like a, a toilet and no one else is around. And I find that just really warm, warms me up. It's very quick, very simple. It's something I learned from Carrie and David Grant. Um, amazing people. And very simple technique, which works each and every time for me. So stop it. Did you just say Carrie and David Grant? Yep. Had vocal coaching from them when I was in, in the group. I love them. They were all over my TV in the 2000s. They were lovely people as well. Uh, let's play one final, final game. Yeah. This one is called, Robbie, Have You Ever? Never Have I Ever, basically. So oh, God. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's have some shots. Uh, five questions again for you. The magic number today. Have you ever in an audition? Oh, I've got an extra question for you. Right. This is, this is cheeky of me to ask. Have you ever, when you've been on a panel, wanted to laugh? <laughs> yes. Yes. If if ever see me looking down at my feet when someone's auditioning, that's me trying not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, have you ever forgotten your lyrics in an audition? No. You're good with lyrics. Yes. Have you ever had multiple auditions on the one day? Yes. Oh god, yes. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah. They all want different things as well. So you have to prepare like God knows so much material. Crazy. How many auditions do you reckon are the most auditions you've ever done for a role? Um, for one, just one role. Just one role. Um, five. Five. And have you ever been late? Yes, I have. Living outside of Slough, sometimes that happens. Well, outside of London in Slough, sometimes that happens, yes. <laughs> It's the worst feeling, isn't it? You're literally like, get me there. I need to be there. 
yeah it's but then if it's public transport problems you can't really you can't help those and what's your policy on being late for physical for an audition are you guys quite understanding about it yeah as long as you know people let us know in advance um we you know there were some people who were late for the start of audition so we just changed the slots around or told them to come and see us at the end of the day which they were happy to do amazing Just all round, very understanding the physical team. Um, <laughs> on a panel, you mentioned about people's energy earlier on. Would you say you know straight away when somebody walks in if you're going to like them or not, or if they work for the role? Or is it after they've sung or or at what part in the audition do you think, I want to work with this person? Uh, I think after reading for the part and after they've sung and then you try and give them direction I think a, a person's energy and the way they are you can really tell how they take direction if they reject it if they're a bit kind of like combative almost like oh no I don't think it should be played that way at all um then you then you get a sense of someone's energy and we did have a few people in in Stardust auditions who were like oh no I don't agree with that I don't think it should be played like that um yeah we did and then you then immediately, you know, okay, this person's going to be difficult in the rehearsal room. So definitely don't, don't want to work with them. <laughs> no, that's like putting a barrier up. I mean, I can't believe you just told the story of my audition. I didn't argue I mean, yeah. with you. Because <laughs> okay. you had such a great voice. I was like, oh, we can put up with the diva. It's fine. <laughs> Have you ever auditioned for a dream role? And if so, what are your dream roles? Oh, so... If we're talking West End, uh, mm. my role, which I almost got in 2003, was Sweetie in Bombay Dreams. And I was literally at the recall. Um, and then we were told to go home because Angelo Weber had pulled the plug on the West End show and he was taking it to Broadway. Um, and then several years later, another dream role of mine happened in 2020, where I was going to be cast in Monsoon Wedding, the musical. And then the pandemic happened. And yeah, so those are definitely sweet in Bombay Dreams. I mean, if there's ever a revival um, of that show in the West End, that is the part that I want to play because yeah. such a strong character. And yes, he's a eunuch and he has some amazing songs to sing, but I just fell in love with the way it was written. Like mm-hmm. so, so emotional the character was um, and just, not just there to be like the butt of a joke or just the token LGBTQ character. He was literally holding the show together, in my opinion. He was like in the center. And that's something that I definitely want to play. I hope that happens. What a story though, to be at a final and then told that the show was being pulled. I mean, how did you deal with that in the moment? That's, that's really, that's really, really stressful. It was it was devastating um, because you worked so you know you you auditioned really hard and back then I didn't really know much about musical theatre anyway I walked in with my pop songs to sing at these these musicals um, and I was still getting through and then to think oh my god at such a young age I'm gonna make my West End debut and then finally it just that doesn't happen it's like you know the rug is pulled out from under your feet it's yeah. devastating at a young age. Um, and then for it to happen twice now, I'm, I'm hoping Monsoon Wedding happens because, you know, that would have been a dream part. And to work with someone like Mira Naya as a director, it would have been a dream come true. Um, but let's see what happens post. This bloody pandemic, Robbie. But congratulations for getting in it. 
Yeah, thank you. Congrats, huge congratulations for that achievement. Just getting that far. I, I feel like we don't celebrate how far we get. You know, we don't put on our CV finals for, you know, this show or, you know, multiple recalls for this show. We only sort of celebrate what we get but what a great achievement yeah. I know, I'm not in not in a patronizing way because I'm sure it's so frustrating that you haven't done the show but that is just half the battle is one getting in the room two getting through all the calls and getting that you know getting that role and also hearing from the panel once you've done your auditions why haven't we seen you before and I'm like yes why haven't you seen me before why is it taking so long for me to get into this audition room with you guys you know and then you kind of hopefully that makes me stick into their mind for next time it's all it's all kind of everything happens when it's supposed to I guess yeah if it does happen I can't wait to see it I'm putting it out to the universe I have three more questions to ask you before we go. Um, you've Perfect. smashed all the games. Um, I've got to ask you three questions. One of them is, how did you go from being pop star Robbie to theatre Robbie? That happened when Telstar Records went bankrupt. And that was another dream that was literally shattered at such a young age. Um, and I was really devastated and kind of became very disillusioned with the whole music industry, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, and then just out of the blue, I saw this audition pop up. I think it was on Facebook again for a, something called Bolly Idol, which is basically Samir Bamra of Physical running this kind of talent show to find South Asian actors for his up and coming shows. Um, and I thought, oh, God, should I? Should I go? Shouldn't I go? And I did end up going, but I was an hour late for the audition because I couldn't find the venue. As soon as I walked into the door, um, they were just so welcoming, even though I was an hour late. Um, and then the, the acting career kind of took off from there. You know, I got selected in Bolly Idol. We did a showcase of um, monologues and songs at the Waterman's Theatre in Brentford. Um, and then from there, I was cast in physical show What You Fancy, which was basically a, a Bollywood adaptation of Twelfth Night by Shakespeare um, and I was playing Sebastian. Amazing they've done some incredible shows how many shows have you done with physical? Oh god um, and films obviously. Oh god uh, What You Fancy, The Maids, Cymbeline, Bring on the Bollywood, Stardust, another one coming in 2022 which I can't really talk about at the moment. Oh my god you have to you have to tell me. <laughs> I'll tell you off camera. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, we'll be those people. We can't disclose what um, we've just been talking about, but um, yeah. you'll find out soon. Uh, you've done so much with them. Credit to you, though, that you have worked and worked and worked with them. Um, I have to ask you, not that I said in our previous recording, not that I'm aging you because you're honestly ageless. Like, you are Peter Pan. You you know honestly I don't know how you've been working since 2003 I don't understand how mathematically that works out but <laughs> what is your secret for still being in the industry 17 18 years on and how do you in terms of motivation keep going after all this time because it does take a toll uh, on you you know when you're younger and people are like you know it's really difficult and you're like yeah yeah but I'll do it I'll do it but how do you keep motivated and still stay in the industry um well, I think, you know, you can't put a time limit on dreams. 
I think dream at any age, when it happens, it will happen because everything happens at the right time. I know there are many people who I look up to in Bollywood, for example, who didn't have their first major break until they were like 45 or something. Mm. So I'm definitely not there. I've got many, many years before I hit that age bracket. But I'm like, if they at the age of 45 can still strive and, you know, work towards their dreams, what's stopping the rest of us? You know, don't put an age limit on dreams. You know, age is nothing but a number. No, that's so important. I agree with you. There's no rush. Like There's it's no a privilege to, to get older. It really is. So many people don't get the opportunity. I'll give you a little insight, by the way. Um, the older age brackets are actually the better roles. Mm. You know, there's more, there's less people going for those sort of roles. And there's loads of 20 year olds or 20, 21 plus year olds going for the younger parts. There's loads of them. So, you know, waiting for the right part to come along sometimes is actually a good thing because the right, the older parts from what I'm seeing are actually the more meatier ones. <laughs> Definitely. And my last question today, one of them, it's a two-parter. One is, 1A is your favourite audition story. But also the second one, I think it's really important for you to tell me about a audition that you did recently. So maybe we could start with that story in obviously anonymous about what what it was for. But I think this is such an important story. So for me, the, I've actually got two really bad auditions. Um, one was, again, uh, about three years ago. And again, it was for something which was East Asian and I am South Asian. So there's big red flag right there immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, my spotlight CV, if you've been on it, clearly states I'm a commercial pop R&B soul singer. Like musical theatre, there's only some things in musical theatre that I can do. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for legit musical theatre stuff, I'm not your guy. And this show, they wanted something legit like Les Mers or Phantom of the Opera style of singing. And when I walked in with my commercial style, they were like, oh, I wish people read the brief. We're looking for, you know, legit musical theatre. And she literally said that. And I said, well, reading works both ways because my CV clearly states that I'm not legit musical theatre. My training is something else. So perhaps instead of inviting me to to the audition just to fill the, you know, Asian quota, you could actually read the skill set as well. So reading works both ways. She did not like that one bit. And she complained to my agent. And I thought, oh, my God, my agent's going to let me go. But my agent was like, do you know what? No, you're right. Reading does work both ways. Don't waste my artist's time when you haven't clearly read the skill sets on the CV. So that was that audition. And then, How rude. I know. Like, like, just say that, like, I wish people would read the brief. (sighs) Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you get sent the brief, though, after you've been called in for the audition. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? And it's like wow, um, wow. Um, and then that was three years ago, so it was before the pandemic, before Black Lives Matter and all that. Um, and then literally after the second lockdown, I had my very first face-to-face audition with the company. Again, the character was East Asian. God's sake, Robbie. Yeah, and I basically said that to them. And uh, I said, you do realize that I'm South Asian, Indian origin, and this part that you want me to play is is clearly Chinese. I don't look anything Chinese, and you should you should you should know that. Mm. Um, they were literally like like I said, little like little meerkats on the panel, just looking at each other, like oh my god, you know, I can't believe you just said that to us. But it's like even after BLM, I shouldn't be having to say this. No. And then I 
and stuff you know you guys obviously order you're in london you obviously order takeaways all the time if you know the difference between your indian takeaway and your chinese <laughs> takeaway know the difference between the people too it's not rocket science and oh then you know God. when i pointed what? that out guys i'm south asian or east asian like there's you you guys you do realize the difference you know as I, I literally asked it like that mm. i think that's why i didn't get a call back but oh well <laughs> oh my god you're oh, for god's sake well that is ridiculous and was there any can i ask any diversity on the panel no no everyone was white i i think that's awful that you even have to say that I'm glad you did, though. That is totally incorrect. You're calling me in for the complete wrong race. You can't get any more wrong than that. It's just, I think it's so, so great that you that you did that. And and I don't think that's a bad audition. I think it's a really honest audition. Well, do you know what? I'm, I'm a typical Libra. Like, I'm very balanced and very calm. But if you push my buttons, seriously, like, run for the hills. But normally I'm calm and really nice, I swear. And do you have a favourite audition ever? Um, apart from the physical auditions I've done for like Bring On The Bollywood, the most recent one uh, was just before the pandemic and that was for Monsoon Wedding. And it, it kind of gave me physical vibes because it was so relaxed and they were just so friendly and nice. And just to be seen by the National Theatre's casting department after wow. so many years. And then when I was singing, just just them making eye contact and their faces lighting up when I was singing this Bollywood song that I was supposed we were singing, it just gave me such a like, yes, you know, I am in the right industry. You know, sometimes after auditions, you question, do I actually even belong in the industry? Because they didn't even look up at me and they didn't even like acknowledge that I was there. Um, but in this audition, they were present, like from start to finish and definitely one of the best auditions I've had. I've heard some great things about National Theatre auditions. And that is a great place to stop. We've finished on a high. Robbie, thank you so much, honestly, for your honesty, your amazing advice, your stories that you've shared. You've had an incredible career so far, and I can't wait to see what's next for you. Before we go, please, could you just say thanks? That's all for today to round off the podcast. Okay. Thank you, Harriet, for having me. And thanks. That's all for today. (laughs) 